Well, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Unmasked Podcast. Good afternoon. How are you? Do you like how right before I did the introduction, I went in anticipation for what I was about to say? <laughs> I was on pins and needles. It was like something really exciting was going to happen. And then the letdown. See, we don't have... I would like to think we are a fairly um, professional podcast, mm-hmm. but if we were a real professional podcast, we would have somebody besides myself come in and cut out all of those. <gasps> oh, was that me or you this time? Oh, my phone just went off. Oh, boy. Isn't this the week we started the the punishment for phone interruptions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that what we decided? Yeah. <laughs> I get to hit you with this giant stick. (laughs) All right, everybody, listen. The next sound you hear is me pounding you in the side of the head with this stick for phone interruptions. (laughs) In our family, we didn't believe in a cuss jar. Like where you put put money and when you cuss. In our family, we believed in brutal punishment, stick beatings. (laughs) Wait, are you talking about me and Taylor or your family growing up? Uh, a papa. My family growing up. Oh, really? Yeah, right. It was it was rough. It was a tough family. <laughs> you wouldn't know that by seeing my parents now, would you? Sweet little parents, but man, they were tough. Both of which are like five four. Yeah, uh, they they were low to the ground, so they got that leverage, and they swung hard. Boy, now I have to say, my mom and dad were pretty easygoing parents. I don't think I've ever seen, well, I've seen Nina upset. I don't think, mm-hmm. which by the way, for those of you listening, I call my grandmother Nina. Mm-hmm. I uh, She has two sisters named Penta and Santa Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've seen her upset, but I don't think I've ever seen Papa upset. And I think that's probably the one person I would never want to see upset. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because right. he's so quiet. He is peaceful, soft spoken. Right. But when the cork you blows, flip that switch. Yeah, uh, you know. Here, here's how my dad would get upset. Like one time, we were um, driving home from vacation, and we we camped a lot when yeah. we were when I was a kid. And so we're pulling uh, a camper with a Chevy. Monte Carlo was the car we had, but it was a, <laughs> just a two-door car, yeah. so it was a smaller car and it's big camper. And we get to this town in Kentucky, and the town is—they're um, having some kind of special parade that day, and the parade is going right down Main Street. And we needed to go through Main Street you to, to be get, on the other side. We, we need to be on the other side of Main Street. And these are in the days before GPS, right? I mean, you either pulled out a map or whatever. <laughs> So we're sitting here in in this little Kentucky town right on the edge of Main Street, but they won't let us cross. And so and and where we needed to the street we needed to go to is like two blocks down. Uh-huh. So you know what dad does? He just pulls into the parade. And so Did we you? have we have you got fire trucks, the local marching <laughs> band. Our my dad and our family in a car pulling a trailer. <laughs> you know, my mom in the front seat going, "This is so embarrassing." But we got through and we got went on went on our way. Oh my and dad's, gosh. dad's thought was all the police were in the parade, and so nobody was going to do anything. Oh um, my gosh, I've never so <laughs> I've never heard that story. Before. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are, those are the kind of things that dad would get upset about. 
<laughs> so, oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, hey, he's a yeah, he's a piece of work. That's cool. I love my grandparents. Um, hey, last week we celebrated, or our country celebrated for the first time officially, mm-hmm. uh, Juneteenth. Yeah. And I kind of just wanted to take a few minutes today. This might be a shorter episode, uh, but overall, but I, I kind of just want to take a few minutes today and discuss that. Um, and, and why I say officially, uh, celebrated for the first time is because it was only, I guess, three weeks ago now that president Biden signed, mm-hmm. you know, that as an official holiday, national holiday. Right. Yeah. And, uh, celebrating, the, would you say celebrating? Well, recognizing, recognizing, thank recognizing you, recognizing the emancipation of of slaves. Well, the of like the officially the fine like the last of the well yeah slaves right here exactly they were emancipated it? in eighteen sixty three in January, mm-hmm. but the last slaves were not reached or notified yeah. of their freedom until the. You know, the June of nineteenth of eighteen sixty-five, right in Galveston, Texas, right. Which, not to make light of that, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but no. that's the year my house was built. Yeah, <laughs> in the year your house was built in eighteen sixty-five. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, literally, Abraham Lincoln was president and then assassinated. I do think John Wilkes Booth might have the slept year. the night in your attic while <laughs> he was on the lam. So, um, okay. Also, total side note. So I got a picture this morning from a friend who heard about my whole snake incident, fall, you know, snake falling out of the roof mm-hmm. or out of the ceiling when we were doing renos. <laughs> and he sent me a picture of a snake that they found. It was wrapped up in a plant that they brought in from outside, like in a potted plant oh, that they brought in from outside. And there was a snake in the pot and they mm-hmm. didn't know it. And they found it like days later. I don't know how long they found it, but how long after they had brought the pot in. But it was still in the pot. They found the snake in the pot this morning. Oh gosh! And it was so there was like a, they were taking a video of it of of them getting it out of the pot and taking it outside. And in my mind, and we don't have to rehash the whole snake incident. All we all listeners need to know is i hate snakes <laughs> and very no, much exaggerate no we don't need to <laughs> yeah. very much i very much over exaggerate just situations involving snakes and so when i saw this video i freaked out on behalf of the family and was like okay that's disgusting you need to move like it was a serious <laughs> situation in my mind and so i called them or yeah i called them right away after they sent me the video and i watched it and i was like so are you moving? Are you getting out of there? What's going on? That was like a six foot snake you found. Oh in your gosh! <laughs> and he goes, which it was probably a little tiny snake, but goes, what you saw. He goes, it was only two and a half feet long. <laughs> it was this little baby snake. It was just a little bit bigger than an earthworm. Chill out, Spencer. Gosh. You're fine. You so, live in the country, man. You I better know. get used to this stuff. I know it's all right. I, oh, anyways, I'll I, I'll get in trouble real quick if I don't. That was Brant Bando, by the way. That oh. called, that sent me the picture. Oh, and and then I called him. He got mad at me the last time I told a story that he was involved in and didn't give him a shout out. So I needed to make sure I gave Brant. If you're listening, this one's for you. Okay, that's good it. work, Brant. Did they see the one that got the snake out? 
Absolutely not. He he might not have been there. It, <laughs> <laughs> so one of his brothers did it. No, it was just the other guy. So here's the th- about all of that. Yeah. We're at your house on Sunday for Father's Day, right? Right. The house, same house, snake house, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you guys are beautifully renovating your house. You know, you're taking this old farmhouse. Yeah. You go inside, big, great room that's starting to look more like a between the the great room and the the furniture you put in and going into the kitchen yeah. and then the patio doors going out into this deck where you have you know all this great really cool stuff to you know relax and um all these things in these bedrooms and wood floors that you've and then there's the upstairs <laughs> where after you t- tore the ceiling out nothing has happened no and and it's like anytime you ask like uh um so what's going on upstairs it's like you, you get this look like it's the room where somebody died <laughs> you know no well we're we're gonna you're it's like you're you've refused to go back up there and and so Katie it's a stricken <laughs> room from your big beautiful farmhouse with this room where something terrible happened and we'll never go up and speak of it again katie has actually started to refer to it as the attic it's just the second floor of our home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bedroom up there. Right. No, Are you, they'll it, think you'll make it your bedroom? That's the goal. Honestly, I mean, there's probably subconsciously a little bit of like, okay, that's where this whole snake incident happened, and I just don't want to go back up there for a while. That was so traumatic. <laughs> uh, but then the other part of me, it was, or the other part of the situation is just the fact that that building material right now is so expensive. Yeah, you know, right. It's still right. up 400%. Luckily, it's finally seem, it seems like it's finally starting to come down a little bit. But building material has been so expensive recently that we just couldn't afford right. to do the work that we want to do up there yet. I just got an article. Who uh, Jeff Smith, shout out to Jeff Smith, <laughs> uh, just emailed me an article that the cost of building materials is starting to come down now. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Anybody who's trying to build a house, do any kind of renovation work, it's just really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, back to back to Juneteenth. Uh, I didn't mean to take us that far off tangent, but um, I just wanted to I wanted to get some hear your thoughts on it because it's an interesting. I don't know. I've just trying to been. I've just I've been trying to reflect over this last year and a half, really, with the whole BLM stuff and. Mm-hmm. And really, us uh, started whether you agree with the nature of everything that's happened and the marches and the riots, whatever, all that kind of stuff. If anything, the the real in my mind, the real positive that's come out of this is um, black voices starting to be heard yeah. more so than ever before, and white people, at, at least myself, uh, at, starting. Um, to really open themselves up to learn right. and understand, I think in a way that we never have before. Yeah, and um, and you know, part of that is shame on us, and part of that is you know just the, our culture. You know, it's we've we were able to sort of be complacent to it because it wasn't a big deal in our culture, and and again, that's not complacency is not a good thing. I'm not saying that's okay. Right. I'm just saying it. That's sort of kind of what happened until you know two years ago and so yeah a year and a half ago and now we're celebrating or or recognizing events like juneteenth where it was two years after the emancipation proclamation that the last slaves in galveston texas 
finally heard that they were free. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is also kind of a side note, but I, th- I thought it was interesting. I, I read an article and then I watched this like little video on like Instagram reels or something. Um, it was from a, a conservative uh, black male who said he wasn't downplaying the need to recognize Juneteenth, but what he, but he was talking about how interesting it is that the Democratic Party has really embraced Juneteenth kind of as their victory in Biden signing this into you know as a national recognized as a national holiday it seems like the democratic party is sort of really eating this up mm-hmm. as a as a big victory from them when really it was abraham lincoln who was our first who was the first republican president mm-hmm. in our country mm-hmm. in the history of our country who was brought into presidency because of his desire to see slaves freed right, right. um and I, I don't, I need to, to, I read an article and then I saw this video and I need to go deeper into this just to make sure I'm not, and I haven't been telling this to everybody. I just think it's an interesting fact, but. Except um, the five people that listen to this podcast. That's true, right. But, uh, <laughs> but Abraham Lincoln being, being Republican president, and it was actually, again, according to this article in this video, kind of high level democratic leaders that were the ones who who chose not to tell their slaves that they were free yeah. for two years. And now, so many years later, you have the Democratic Party being the ones that are really trying to champion this. And that's good. I'm glad that they're doing it now. It mm-hmm. sucks that it took this long. It was just an, it was just an interesting yeah. kind of historical, maybe some historical yeah, truth to, to the situation that I didn't know. It's fascinating to see how the, the various shifts in philosophy have happened yeah. over the years in the various parties because yeah. you know uh the ku klux klan was primarily made up of democrats yeah you know, i heard that too which i and, was shocked uh, by yeah it, it surprises you know jesse helms was a um no 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 not jesse helms forgive me um um bird from west virginia was a klansman yeah. and and yet you and the but the democratic party celebrates him right but and i don't want to get overtly political no, with this thing. No, and I didn't thing. mean to do that either. But I just thought that when was an you interesting think, fact. I, I think, I, I want to go back to the point you were making. I think you're right that I don't know about, I don't want to speak for other fairly conservative white people I know. Yeah. But in my mind, this has been a positive step in understanding. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was right in line with everybody else who when the whole BLM stuff started to say, hey, black, is, we don't want to elevate one, you know, one ethnic group or one race over another. It's not that all lives matter. You know, it's right. all lives matter. And, and I got behind that. Hey, let's just don't say black lives matter. Let's say all lives matter. And God's eyes were all, you know, we're right. all the same. Right. Um, but then through this stuff, I began to understand and, and my mind was opened a little bit more to, you know, the the illustration that, um, yes, all lives matter, but what they were saying through the through the Black Lives Matter philosophy was that if there's a certain people group that just by <clears throat> just significant cultural 
issues they are, are put at a disadvantage yeah. over everybody else then maybe we need to elevate that people group yeah. and say yes their lives matter their right. lives matter as much as everybody else's it's almost like saying um the all lives matter mentality is like saying um uh there are 10 people um eight people uh their legs are perfectly fine but two people have broken legs yeah. And so, well, because two people have broken legs, but everybody is equally, um, um, matters equally, let's put a cast on everybody. Right. Let's make sure everybody's got a cast so we're all the same, which thing that's ludicrous. You, know, right. you don't that, need to do it, that. Right. You just, you know, we're trying to address the needs of, of those two that are broken. Yeah. Well, I think what the, the BLM movement, the philosophy has helped me understand is that, I mean, there's, there are times when we need to elevate certain people groups, address needs in certain people groups, yeah. because they are at a just at a disadvantage. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, um, that just is something that um, that that we need to you know we need to take seriously. Yeah. I think there's also um, it, I, it was an unwise thing for knowing that there was already a uh what do you want to call it a uh, a an organization that was called black lives matter yeah um and forgive me i'm not i don't know which was first but because the blm philosophy immediately got lumped together with the blm um political movement and that blm political movement can be you know very yeah. Uh, dangerous and Marxist and yeah. um, and has already shown its stripes, you know, right. with all of the, you know, the the uh, financial um, inappropriate behavior and that kind of stuff that's happened and the the leaders just, making yeah the leaders money. you know yeah. taking tons of you know it's not benefiting black people right in, in the way that they purport themselves right just that sort of stuff and um, you know I, I wish we could just completely separate the the two if there was some possible way yeah and I, and I think it is possible as far as yeah again I mean especially as Christians like as as people that are supposed to promote love and peace and and um, the ability to, to see you know to, to embrace differences and and love because of them the the ability to um, set aside whatever you know I, I think what was frustrating to me in this whole thing were especially with the all lives matter people was the fact that it was almost like we were trying they, not we they were trying to justify why it was wrong for black people to feel the way they were feeling mm -hmm. like like they knew better right. some when they when they've never experienced as a white person right. what a black person has gone through it's and i feel like we do this a lot we we for whatever reason through pride arrogance vulner, uh, insecurity whatever it could mm -hmm. be we feel like we 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 feel like we have the responsibility or the authority to justify why somebody else shouldn't be feeling the way they're yeah, feeling. Right. And we base our opinion off of that. Mm -hmm. When really what Jesus said is if, if we could put, if we could just put other, 
others mm-hmm. before ourselves right. in all things, right. how different would our world look? And so for me, that was this whole thing. I, I've never, I will n- never uh, uh, try to believe that I under- fully understand what mm-hmm. it means to be a black man in America because right. that has mm-hmm. never been my experience and that never will mm-hmm. be my experience. Now I'm going to do my best to learn, mm-hmm. but I'll never fully understand. But I'm, I'm also willing to say I don't, I don't care why you feel the way you do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love you and support you and figure right. out how to help you anyways. Right. I hate that you feel the way that you do. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I'm going to love you, support you, and help mm-hmm. and help you in any way that I can. And and I feel like that's what we need to continue to try and do. And and that's I guess why I'm excited about or or. You know, and, and uh, I'm thankful that that we are able to to recognize you know things like holiday or not holidays, recognize events like mm-hmm. Juneteenth. Um, just yeah. continuing to, I think think it's just taking us one step closer as a country, unifying us as a country. Hopefully, yeah, towards you know understanding what the life experience of of a, a black person, a black woman, a black man, a black child in, in America is, mm-hmm. the history behind, you know, their their life experience right. in our country. Right. You know and how th- we can support them in the future. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Um and I don't think it takes um an enormous amount of uh, empathy for us to begin to understand i mean just think about the juneteenth issue of of what caused the juneteenth issue you you've got people who were living under the the bondage and ownership of another and they were legally free but for two and a half years they they didn't know it right um nobody told them they were in essence they were left to their uh, uh to this sort of isolated sense of they, they had no idea that they were free people right um and, and obviously they, they didn't have the 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 level of communication and social media and all the right. all the various uh, ways to communicate that but at the same time there it seems like there were there was some intentionality behind keeping these people in the dark you right. know and, and not letting them know of their freedoms right and i, I mean imagine uh, imagine if you were someone who was, you know, put in jail yeah. and there for two and a half years and for no reason or you had been set free. Or let's say you're, you know, you're you're paying off an enormous debt. And even though you've paid off the debt um, for two and a half years, you, you continue to pay that. Maybe your mortgage payment, your thousand bucks a month. Right. And you paid it off two and a half years ago, but the bank kept on collecting and they didn't tell you that your debt was paid, you know? Yeah. And, and it, these people, it wasn't even a debt, you know, they were being owned by someone else. Right. And uh, in the midst of all of that, you know, I, I can begin to start feeling what it was like to, to live under that kind of bondage. Yeah. And uh, it was just a heartbreaker, you know? The whole slavery thing to me is a heartbreaker, but um, and I think there are other issues that we deal with in our culture today that are, that are you know, much like that. When you 
in the United States when you look at the, the abortion issues and uh, some of those. I, I think, you know, the inequities in, in payments and yeah. and people who can't just, you know, make a living wage without working three or four jobs. Right. You you look at some of the, there's these are things that we got to get solved. Yeah. Um, but in uh, there's a I think you're exactly right. There's there's a sense that if I will just we, we talked about it last week when we talked about humility. If I would live a life where I put others before myself, if I am open about when uh, I, I'm hurting or, or in need of help, and if I would, um, um, uh, we we talked about what it meant to to, um, you know, that lady who sold me the 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 quad at yeah. a reduced price because the guy sold it to her at a reduced price and she yeah. was just passing the blessing along. Yeah. You know, if we would pass the blessing along to others that some have already given to us, you know, that those elements of humility, um, man, what a different world it would be. Yeah. Um, I, I have to, one of the things I also think that um, just the struggles that we've had in a nation over the last the divisions that we've had over the last few years, it's caused me to step back and say, now, wait a minute. What is, what through of this is political ideology that I'm just blindly following? Yeah. And what of it, and what of it is just corruption, you know, that uh, selfishness, you know, when, when am I being, even in my politics, when am I just being blatantly selfish uh, versus having a heart and a life of compassion. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like if we could could sort of uh, look at our lives that way often, mm-hmm. and it's easy for us to, to, to get kind of swept back up in our old patterns, old habits, whatever. But yeah. if we could continually be people that are willing to... Um, look at our life, see what could be adjusted, mm-hmm. see what could be addressed, see where we could make changes. Like you said, see where we're giving into things that we shouldn't be giving into and, and, uh, just put others before ourselves yeah. and try and create a better, you know, a better, a better place. Um, it'd be interesting to see what would happen to our, to our culture, to our I, communities. I saw a, a quote in the midst of all of this stuff. And it said, if, if we put, um, racial issues if we see racial issues in america as um a uh, can how i'm forgive me i shouldn't try to quote things without reading them <laughs> but um when we see uh just the the racial issues and the injustice issues those sort of things when we see them more as a conservative and liberal issue versus a right and wrong issue, yeah. then we've made our politics an idol. That's good. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, that, I've, it's forced, it's pushed me back into a less dogmatic position yeah. and one that I'm starting to ask questions about some of the idolatry of my politics mm. and how often I have fallen into a, pi, a, a politic of, um, we can't do that because it's not fair to everybody. Wow. We can't give one group a benefit because every group is is going to every every group has to be given the same level of benefit. Yeah. But quite frankly, not every group needs the same level of benefit. Right. You know. And Jesus said, "To whom much is given, much is required." 
and you know there's clearly in the scriptures um there was a there was an inequity when it came to uh the way that god you know it's like in the parable of the vineyard there were some who came early and some who came late and they got paid the same yeah and you know in the in the parable the they demanded of the of the vineyard master why wait this is unfair and but the vineyard master said hey listen i make the rules you know it's it's uh um i think uh um we were so bent on fairness when sometimes we forget about just the simple rule of blessing and how you know god has blessed us and so we should instead of hoarding it we should be desiring to pass it on yeah that's good um well this was a good conversation thank you for for sharing some thoughts on this um hopefully this won't be the last time we we talk about this and and uh have conversations of this nature um but i i love the fact that that you and i have have uh have been willing to take this last year and a half and try and learn and grow and yeah. we've had a lot of good conversations about about this and other things mm-hmm. uh surrounding this just be out of our willingness to learn and understand and I, I guess i would just hope and encourage those listening to do the same you know yeah. to to not uh you know if it's a pride issue to not be so prideful and and maybe open yourself up mm-hmm. to what you know uh, Jesus might want to change in your heart towards towards the people around you. Yeah, let's be careful not just to follow the party line because it's yeah. the party line. Yeah, but uh, um, you know, think for yourself. Yeah, dive into some things on your own. Yeah, and uh, look for snakes. <laughs> That's what I'm. I, I want more snake stories for next week. I'm praying. Oh, I thought you were talking about like corruption. No, no. Like, I'm praying like you find people. more snakes in your house just so we have funny things to talk about. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's it. Um, yeah. Got any more thoughts? No. Um, uh, no, I'm just, I'm really excited about we're We're going out of this podcast and we're going into a worship night uh, at our in our church this evening that's out under the uh outside under the stars and and uh i guess it won't be dark yet <laughs> i was about i under thought that's sun. what you were gonna say under the sun. and then you didn't say it and then you did and i was like remember oh, remember i, I know we're trying to outside. sign off but remember the last time we did one of these things and it got so dark so fast we, yeah, we did it too late planning. that we could not something happened and it got so dark that we couldn't see we had, uh, yeah we uh, we had to cut like half of our songs <laughs> Because, because we, we just see. lost, yeah, right, like, right. There was no light. We couldn't see music. We couldn't see. It was just, yeah, it was so dark that I mean, I think even our people were afraid. Yeah, um, it was bad. Well, no, I think it's luckily it's a nice night. It's sunny, but it's not too hot. There might be a little bit of clouds, so it should be. I'm just excited that that people are getting back together. Yeah, me again. too. All right, me too. That's it. All right, talk to you later. We'll see you. See y'all. Bye.